baseball fans. It's time to take a trip from coast to coast across Major League Baseball. There it goes, a long drive. If it stays fair, home run. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung out and missed a perfect game. Fly ball deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes, yes, yes. The Atlanta Braves have given you a championship. Listen to this crowd. Braves and baseball talk straight from the diamond. Here's Grant McCauley. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of From the Diamond. I'm Grant McCauley, and this is an episode unlike any that we've ever done with the outbreak of the coronavirus all around the world and the hopes of quelling that and slowing the spread of it. Major League Baseball joining the many sports across the country and across the world that have halted play as we try to figure out a way to handle the pandemic that is currently ongoing. We're going to talk a lot about what Major League Baseball has decided, what the other sports have decided, how this affects the players, the fans, the people who work in and around the sport as well. A lot to get into on this episode of the show, and Bill Rowland will join me to get that started here in just a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you, you can find From the Diamond on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Leave a rating and a review. Those are always welcome. And if you like the podcast, be sure to share it with a friend as well. And be sure you're following along on social media. You can find the show on Twitter at FromTheDiamond underscore. I am at Grant McCauley, G-R-A-N-T-M-C-A-U-L-E-Y. And Bill is at Bill Rowland, B-I-L-L-R-O-H-L-A-N-D. On Instagram, you can find the show at FromTheDiamond. And you can find me at Grant McCauley. And, of course, over at FromTheDiamond.com, you can find every episode of the show and all the articles and things I've been putting up as well, including my Braves Positional Preview Series, a written version already up for you. The podcast series is ongoing. Corey McCartney and I are going to wrap that up with episode five of that series, and that will look at the Atlanta outfield, and you'll have a little bit of extra time if you want to listen to those, maybe a time or two, share them with a friend, and we may not have baseball for a little while, but we can still preview what we hope will be a good 2020 season for the Atlanta Braves, and if you want to get to know all the players who are in camp this spring, the Braves positional preview series is the best way I can tell you to do that. So this is going to be unlike any episode of the show that we've ever had because we have never seen anything quite like this. And it's not just Major League Baseball. It's not just, you know, individual franchises in any sport. It's all of sports. This goes all the way down to the amateur ranks. And, of course, the effects of this are far-reaching. So, Bill, I want to welcome you into the show as always. I wish we were talking about baseball and spring training battles and all the things that come with it. But more importantly than that, I just wish that we were looking at things in the larger scale in this country and around the world as everybody feeling safe and secure from what is becoming quickly a pandemic. And that's not something I ever thought I'd be discussing on a baseball podcast. Yeah, thanks again for having me on, Grant. It is definitely a, a weird time, as uh, you know, and a lot of people who, who follow along with me know, I one of my jobs is calling college basketball. And it was two minutes before tip-off, and they pulled the rug and basically wow. said, that's it, everybody go home. So. It was shocking for that. It was shocking to see Major League Baseball do this. It's it's definitely something that none of us, I think, have ever been through and don't really know how to process at this point. I, for a lot of people, I think it's just it's just strange to think that there will be nothing. Baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever it is, it's not going to happen. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's surreal in a lot of ways. And I know that just from opening up the podcast with some general thoughts, I mean, the coronavirus has not just had sports grind to a halt. It's had us rethinking a lot of things about our way of life for the time being. And, you know, there's no need to get into the level of fear mongering and things that we're going to see that's going to be around. And in fact, I want to take another opportunity to say, please don't do that. That does not help things out whatsoever. But purely from a sports perspective, this is something that has affected fans that might have been looking for an escape in times like these as well. And as Bill alluded to, I mean, we're not just talking about Major League Baseball. Uh, A quick summary that I found of the leagues that have halted play, suspended play, or had to cancel the remainder of their season or their tournament. Of course, the NCAA, the March Madness that we've all come to know and love, not going to have that this year. Both the men's and women's tournaments canceled. The individual conference tournaments have been canceled, as Bill talked about. That's something that obviously affected him on a direct level in addition to all of the other people that are working in all of these events for all of these leagues. So from the collegiate level, no College World Series, obviously, as well. NBA season suspended indefinitely. That was the first big domino in professional sports that fell. The NHL and Major League Soccer as well. Major League Baseball, of course, which we'll talk about. And then the XFL, which is the current professional football league that's going on. They have also suspended their season. So for the NHL and NBA, it's suspended indefinitely. MLS, they said 30 days. And for MLB, it's opening day delayed at least two weeks. And the rest of spring training has been canceled. So there's that. Not something, Bill, I think that we were expecting to see all of these events and all of these leagues continue to play with empty stands and empty stadiums and empty arenas across the country. So this appears to be the best route and the only route, really, that these sports could take to be responsible. My question will be, and I know that they're delaying the Major League Baseball season by two weeks, and we can dive deep into this, but you delay it by two weeks – You've shut down spring training. How much time are these guys going to need to get back into what you would say game shape or game ready shape? Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, two weeks puts it middle of April. So you're talking about a month from now, but they've shut everything down. So, I mean, Grant, you're you're closer to this than, than I've ever been as far as guys getting ramped up for spring training. How long do you think they will need before they can, if they make the announcement that, okay, this thing's you know, been taken care of. We're beyond where it's dangerous now to have large gatherings yeah. so we can start the baseball season. Let's say they just say one month from now. Let's, th- let's just call it April 15th for ease. When do they need to go back to, and have these guys ramp up to be ready by April 15th? Well, I think that the smart thing that most players are going to be doing is staying as ready as they can individually speaking. I mean, nobody's going to just go home and sit on their couch at this point. However, there's nothing like having the opportunity to play these games, get these practices in, and be around your teammates and actually get ready in full for a season. So they are going to have to start that process over, in my opinion. I mean, the remainder of spring training, according to Major League Baseball's official release, which came out on Thursday afternoon, uh, spring training as of 4 p.m. on Thursday, March the 12th, was canceled. So that was the end of that. Then opening day, as we've discussed, pushed a couple of weeks into April, and MLB in their release said that they've got a number of contingency plans that they're working on at this point. And, Bill, you bring up an interesting question. I saw Jeff Passan of ESPN talking about in a tweet I found earlier, one I wanted to highlight because I know a lot of people are wondering this, and obviously we are because we're talking about it. Leaders from the Players Association and MLB are going to meet to discuss a variety of issues related to the player concerns for this. Some of the players have already expressed their concern about remaining at spring training instead of being able to leave and go be with their families. And I did see Jason Kipnis, 
who said, early questions from players, do we go home now? Do we stay and train? How slash when do we start back up? Do we have another two-week spring and then start where the schedule picks up? Do we still get paid? You know, and this is wild. And that was a tweet from Jason Kipnis, who obviously has been playing this game for quite some time. And I would say speaks for, I would assume, the rank and file of players who are really wondering, like, what's next for us? What does that mean? Because, Bill, we're really in uncharted territory. So to answer your question, we're going to have to have some kind of, you know, air quotes, spring training or training camp that gets the players ready again for opening day. But until we've got a target date for when that's going to be, it's hard to really know what this is going to do to the schedule and what Major League Baseball season might look like in terms of overall games played. Yeah, it'll be an adjusted schedule, and they've dealt with that type of situation in the past, whether it's because of a strike or whatever it is. You think back, you and I were talking before uh, before recording today that you know we couldn't remember the last time that it really, really had had been you know shut down. Nine eleven, it was yeah. only for ten days, so that'll be a shorter amount of time when this is all said and done. And as you pointed out to me, heck, they didn't even stop for World War Two. Yeah. So this is this is uncharted territory as far as why they're stopping, but they've dealt with it. You think back for some of us that are old enough to remember nineteen eighty one the strike when they had basically a first half and a second half of the season and adjusted playoff situation. Of course, the strike in 94 going into 1995 as well, where they had to shorten the season down. So they'll be able to make the adjustments. And and I think by, you know, obviously July, August, everybody will not have forgotten about it, but it will be almost back to normal of, okay, we're in a pennant race now. It just may not be 162 games. It may end up being 140 games or 130 games, but they've dealt with that situation before. Yeah, they have. And the player strikes, obviously, being what they are, caused seasons to be changed for the length of time. And even the playoff format in 1981, that's the interesting thing. You mentioned the two halves. That created a playoff scenario that it was more what it would become later on than it had ever been before. So I thought that was pretty interesting with the first half, second half dynamics of and how they set that whole thing up. But we're talking about a 110-game season at that point. Uh, when you go back to 94, clearly the World Series was canceled because of the players' strike. So, you know, you got in about 114 games, I think it was, that year. And then in 1995, was a 144-game season. So there have been scenarios before that have played out where baseball has had to figure out a way to get through it, particularly, I would say, 1981 and 1995, as you mentioned, Clearly, this is not something where we're dealing with two sides that are warring over a labor issue. This is going to be two sides that I think will be very motivated to figure out the best way to expedite a solution to the scheduling needs and also to just getting the sport back on track. Because for a lot of people, and again, and this is speaking purely from the sports angle of things, you know, folks are going to be looking forward to getting back to life in a more normal fashion, like getting back to normal after what I'm sure is going to be a very exhaustive time of trying to figure out the ways to combat this coronavirus, contain it, and ultimately find a way to, to treat it and cure it so that people aren't dealing with this kind of thing on a long-term basis. It'll be interesting to see because, again, no March Madness. And this has been always my favorite, one of my favorite months, if not my favorite month of the sports calendar, because you got baseball ramping up, mm-hmm. you've got college basketball going on. There's just so many things on the sports calendar in the month month of March with all of this being suspended and or canceled. And the NBA is talking about, they may try to come back and they've talked to their arenas and their building facilities to see, you know, how far into the summer they can go to try to get their playoffs done. So they may return at some point, but it'll be interesting to me to see if baseball gets any kind of bump 
ratings wise, attendance wise, because people are just going to be like, I just want to go and have things normal again. And yeah. going out to a baseball game or watching a baseball game will feel normal to them again. I don't think baseball needs to necessarily take advantage, quote unquote, of the situation, but I will be interested to see if they get any kind of bump from this when we do get back to whatever the new normal is going to be. Yeah, it's a good question, and I know this is pointed out by a number of people on social media, including some of the folks that just I've been conversing with, interacting with, uh, whether it's online or offline, to be honest with you, about you know what is this going to mean for baseball as opposed to these other sports that are already, what, two-thirds of the way through their season in the case of uh, the NBA especially. I don't know how this will affect the NHL's playoffs as well. I believe Major League Soccer was just kind of getting started, which is a big deal down here in Atlanta. I know that's not necessarily the rule across the country, but clearly – you know, folks have a lot of different outlets, a lot of different interests, and different leagues are going to be affected in different ways by this. I don't know if it's a good thing for baseball. I guess that it is that you didn't get the season started and then have to completely stop because at that point, when you're playing the games that count as opposed to just the exhibitions, that would have been a really weird and uncharted territory to try to navigate as well. So there's just not going to be a lot of easy answers here, I don't think. And a lot of this is going to have to be, unfortunately, a game that none of us like to play, and it's called wait and see. Right, and I know we talked about the trickle-down. If you want to talk about the minor leagues, they've shut down. You get even into the NCAA. Um, Again, I know from being with our administration uh, this, you know, the past couple of days, the conversations would literally change within a half hour of, okay, well, we're going to play, but there won't be any fans to, okay, we can play, but we're not going to be able to travel. So if teams want to come to us to now completely shut down, and and in some cases – they're not even going to practice. They're just going to – they've sent kids yeah. home. I know um, I know my youngest daughter, who's in her last year uh, or last semester of her college career, may not go back to her college. They're doing online learning, and there's no guarantee that they're going to go back. You know, the, the county schools, you know, as far as mm-hmm. high school, junior high, elementary schools are getting ready to shut down. This is different. I don't know. If, are, are you guys experiencing the same thing in Atlanta? They're basically – not going to have school here for probably a couple of weeks. Yeah, there's some of that has been going on. I know that there are certain counties that have been closed. And again, I just want to stress just for my own disclaimer here, like I am not an expert on what all of the procedures and protocols and current things are. So I don't, I want to be really good about not giving misinformation, even if it's with the best of intentions. But yeah, I mean, these are things and, and methods that are going to be, I think, across the country used in institutions. Of course, I think workplaces are going to have to figure out. I know that you know, not only do I do my work with the Braves and radio work, I have a nine to five job that I'm doing as well. And just looking at what are the scenarios of if we have to work from home, what does our workflow look like? I mean, it's going to change people's daily lives in ways that we may not have expected, anticipated or wanted for that matter. But we're all going to have to kind of figure that out as we go along. But for especially for the kids in the college ranks, that this might be their last semester. This might be their last best shot, perhaps at you know, winning that championship. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that get swept into this in the sports world that are just unfortunate across the board in a lot of ways. I don't know if there's really one word that can describe it, but uh, the change is going to be drastic. Obviously, it's swept through the entire sports world from both the amateur ranks at collegiate, the high school level, I would assume uh, travel sports and all the other things, because you've got different cities around the country that are banning, you know, large scale gatherings of over 250 people. That's another thing that we've seen happen I think it was the Seattle Mariners, the San Francisco Giants, and the Oakland Athletics were the first Major League Baseball teams that really had to come out with a statement about it before the league had made its decision. 
But then I believe down in Florida, they also were banning large gatherings for the next 30 days, which will affect clearly spring training games. The two major league franchises there had the league not already made its decision, which it has. And also, I mean, even things like WrestleMania, for crying out loud. I mean, that's going to be in Tampa. Right. There's 70,000 people from all over the world that show up for that. But you've got different countries where folks are being quarantined for 30-day periods. So everything that we might have taken for granted or just always assumed would be a certain way, we're having to ask ourselves questions and change the way that we're living. So I don't know if all of that really makes sense or if some of this is just the therapeutic value of being able to talk about it a little bit. But yeah, we're going to have to really consider a lot of different things about how we go about our daily life for a while. Most major league players, obviously there are some guys that are just coming up. They're not making millions and millions of dollars, but most major league players will be able to survive if they don't get a paycheck for a month, for six weeks, whatever it may be. I always look at the people who work in the stadiums, the people yeah. who are freelancers, the people that get paid per game, and they're going to miss out on those paychecks. Now, I have seen on the NBA side, uh, I think Mark Cuban did it in Dallas. I think they also did it in Cleveland where they've come out and said, look, we're going to pay our seasonal staff yeah. as if the league were still going on. I applaud them. That They're is doing fantastic. that here too. You can do that, though, at the major league level. The, the margins are so thin at the minor league level, I don't know that those people can financially be able to do that because, I mean, we've had the conversation already about – you know, Major League Baseball and the minor league system fighting each other. And a lot of it has to do with money and, and everything and yeah. all sorts of different stuff. So I worry about, you know, the the single A club that's just down the road for me that that they're not going to have games. And those people that rely on that summer income aren't going to have it now. And, and that's going to be a problem. And it's it's those type of things I think the average fan may not dig deep into and think about. But it is something that we have to consider and look at and say, okay, how do we, how can we fix this? How can we move on and get this taken care of for some of these people? Because, you know, let's be honest, you may miss a car payment. You may miss a mortgage payment. It's going to be tough sledding with all of this shut down. Yeah. And those are the real life situations. I mean, that is the reality of where we are right now as you move forward. I mean, we haven't really felt the full effects yet because enough time hasn't really lapsed to where we're having to ask ourselves these difficult questions around you know payday bills and different things like that for the vast majority of folks but you bring up a really interesting point i want to kind of start with the minor league baseball level of that and i can tell you from having worked in the minor leagues those clubs those franchises ones not operated by the major league club i'll say that with independent ownership essentially they're small businesses in a lot of ways and if you don't have people coming through the turnstiles and you don't have people buying tickets at the minor league level you got a big problem because you're not being saved by a tv deal Now, conversely, and I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday, if Major League Baseball is raking in all its money on big TV deals, I don't know what the language in that contract is for when Major League Baseball cannot produce the content that these companies are paying for. Can they opt to not pay those contracts out? I I don't know how that works. It's just pure speculation. But my question is, from an economic standpoint, how is everybody going to get through these uncharted waters right now? Because if you're getting paid however many hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, I would say that it probably is contingent on actually producing the content that goes on the television as to whether or not the station or the network is going to be paying for it. That's another interesting question that I wonder about. Don't have the answer to it. want to just say that again. But it makes me wonder about what this is going to look like from the economic side, not just at the minor league level, which I think is going to be hit 
very hard in a lot of places, but also at the big league level if this drags on for an undetermined amount of time and we just don't know when the end is going to be in sight. It's just a question. It's not meant to you know, stir people up and, and, and make you worry that we're not going to have a season this year because no one's saying that, but just kind of wondering what this is going to look like because we've never seen anything quite like this before. Right, and that was the the consideration. Again, I think the domino that ended up knocking all of this over was when the NBA yeah. player or oh, yeah. players, and it'll be more than one, tested positive. That's when they had already said the NCAA tournament was going to go on in, in front of no fans. That had already been decided, but then I think it was Wednesday night mm-hmm. that uh, Rudy Gobert of the Jazz tested positive, and they canceled everything, and the NBA, NBA went, that's it, we're not playing. That was the one that pushed everybody else towards it. So um, they had already talked about You talk about the TV money. The NCAA knew, yes, we make money from people coming into the arenas, but the money is in TV. And if people can't come to the arenas and they can't go on to anything else, they're going to have their eyes glued to the TV. So they were prepared to do that. You make up a you make a great point with Major League Baseball if there aren't any games played what happens with the revenue like a lot of these regional sports networks Mm -hmm. it isn't necessarily from fox or nbc or whoever's carrying the games you're talking about whatever it is in your local market them having to pay out and i guarantee you there are a lot of local markets that will not pay out and and probably have it written in the contract that if the game doesn't get played they're not going to have to pay for that and again we go back to all those people who work the cameras, who work in the studio, right. who put together, yep. you know, the producers that put all that stuff together. That Trust me, I know. This is their livelihood. Yeah, and that's a weird thing for me. I mean, working on the Braves radio network, I obviously look forward to every Major League Baseball season. And from a professional standpoint, from a personal standpoint of loving the sport and loving baseball and looking forward to getting back to it, this is something that I'm fortunate in that I have an income that's not solely dependent on that, but there are an awful lot of people that it is solely dependent on that, especially for the stadium workers. I know you brought up earlier uh, some of the things the NBA is doing. I'm hoping that Major League Baseball is going to see this as well as something that uh, would be worth their time to at least explore and figure out what kind of program they can put together. Uh, Hawks owner Tony Ressler was announced yesterday or reported yesterday that he's looking to put together a plan to take care of the arena workers as well. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of this, but it's, again, it's a wait and see scenario. We don't know how long this kind of thing is going to go on, but hopefully this is going to amount to the people who can help helping the people that are going to need help and the people who need help just being able to ask for it and have an avenue to maybe have some of these needs met because we're going to need to really band together in a lot of ways, as cliche as that sounds, just to make sure that some boxes are getting checked right now that, Again, I think there's a lot of things in life that we take for granted when you don't really have to think about it, when the thing shows up every two weeks like it's supposed to in the case of a paycheck or things of that nature. But, you know, the world is not going to stop. The bills are not going to stop just because the place that you might have gone to work has ceased to operate for a while. So some really, really tough times for some people. But I am hoping that the people who are able to help, particularly at the top level of franchises and major sports that rake in billions of dollars in revenue, can look at themselves and say, what can we do to help in this time and in these scenarios for these people who are in a lot of ways? They're not the players. They're not the people you see on the screen. They're not the people you hear on the radio, but they are folks that really make the machine work. Yeah, and it's one of those things, if you are a season ticket holder and you go out, whether it's in Atlanta or here in D.C. or wherever you are listening to it, you get to know 
the ushers, the yeah. beer vendors, the people that are in your section night in and night out. And it's for at least for the summer, for those 81 games, if you go to all of them or if you have a partial package, whatever it is, they almost become your friends for those few months. And maybe you don't speak to them or see them during the winter months, but you always look forward to getting back and seeing, you know, Joe, who who's my usher at the top, or Sean, who's, you know, carrying the Bud Light to me or whatever it is. And those are the people that are going to be effective. And and quite honestly, I'll miss seeing some of those yeah. people if, you know, if, if the things aren't going on, because you always like, you know, catching up with them and finding out how things are with them and everything else. But the, the real question for me, and it, it's, you know, kind of a flipping thing, maybe, what are we going to do with no baseball? What are we going to do with no NCAA tournament? I mean, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. I I think people are going to go stir crazy with all this stuff. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of that. I think some people have joked there might be a nice big baby boom that comes from this. I don't know if that'll yes. be the case or not. But either way, we are going to have to find different ways to occupy our time. And from an entertainment standpoint, where so much of that, especially in America, is filled with sports, it's going to be, again, to use the word that I used earlier, a little bit surreal to try to figure out a way where the overlap of the sports seasons typically serves us in very good ways from the the cycle of, okay, well, I've enjoyed my baseball. Now I'm going to get into college football or now it's NFL season again or NBA or, and again, major league soccer has been a phenomenon here in Atlanta. There's a lot of people that have jumped into that at a rate that I don't think a lot of people would have necessarily expected right offhand, but you know, there is so much popularity in sports and in so many different arenas and avenues, which I think is the beautiful thing for people to have that kind of passion for whatever game or games or team or teams that they really enjoy that right now that's just not a viable outlet, which is just a really strange thing to think about, especially when you kind of backtrack and look at the fact that outside of 9-11, which was in our national awareness in a way that very few other things, at least in my lifetime, have been, and then you go back and look at, well, I mean, America has gone to war and baseball and most sports have continued to go on in the background. And I know in World War II, FDR looked at it as something that the nation needed that from a perspective of we've got so much focus on something that's going to be so incredibly hard. We need this thing around. And right now, because of the scenario that we're in and because of the circumstances of trying to contain and slow the spread of a virus, sports simply cannot offer that. Right, right. And and this, by the time uh, this comes out, it'll be well known for everybody. But I don't know if you saw this, the Masters has postponed their tournament, yeah. which I know for you guys down in Georgia deal. is a huge deal. Very, very big deal. So it, it's gotten to everything now because that's not for another month. That's not immediate. That's not in the next couple of weeks like March Madness would have been or spring training or NBA games. They're saying a month out already that they're going to cancel stuff. So this is definitely becoming a bigger deal than I think a lot of people would have thought uh, just two weeks ago. Heck, let alone, you know, five days ago, uh, people I don't think would have ever thought this was going to happen. But um, every single day, more and more stuff is getting canceled, postponed, whatever it may be. And it's just kind of the new reality that we have to live with and and try to figure out and hopefully get through the next month, month and a half. And at some point, uh, like I said, get back to whatever the new normal will be. And hopefully that includes a, a 2020 baseball season. Yeah, no. And, and that's the hopes of everybody that the sports that are clearly having to suspend their seasons will be able to find a conclusion and that baseball will be able to start and that all of us will be able to move through this thing and come out sooner than later, I would say might be the best way to put it. But again, you know, just speaking from the the purely sports angle of everything, it's a very different situation than I think any of us have ever gone through. 
or even thought about. And then from the life perspective of everything, the biggest thing I think is the safety is what we're trying to ensure. And that's a very difficult thing to do just in the average day, but especially right now in order to slow down this coronavirus and hopefully figure out a way to get on the other side of this thing sooner than later. Uh, Just looking at the Major League Baseball questions and things that come with this, obviously people want to know when the season's going to start. We don't really have any idea of being able to forecast that right now. The two weeks that pushes out into the middle of April, plus a spring training time of some undetermined length, question is how long are they going to be training before you can adequately put players back out on the field and feel that they're ready to go again. And that may have a lot to do with how many of these guys are going to stay in their camps and continue to train as a team and play some inter-squad games or whatever it is they're doing and how long this thing is going to go on. But, I mean, Bill, you can't necessarily just keep these guys down in Florida or Arizona for the next 30 or more days, can you? No, I wouldn't think so. And and you referenced uh, Jason Kipnis in his tweet earlier. I would be surprised if they don't go ahead and just send the guys home. I mean, at some point they've got to sit there and say, you know what, you've got family situations as well, especially if a lot of these – players are going to have kids who aren't going to school because yeah. their schools have been canceled or whatever the case may be. I would be surprised if they just kept them kind of quarantined, if you will, right. uh, you know, down there for the next month. But I mean, I don't know. Do you send them home for a week and then you've got these guys traveling when maybe it's safer for them not to pick up yeah. the virus if they're That's there true. in their locker rooms where they've got their, you know, trainers and health people and everything else. I, I mean, these are these are questions that Rob Manford and his executive committee are having to sit down and probably talk through a lot of different things. I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make the decision because all it it takes is for you to be wrong one time. And everybody says, "Ah, you screwed it up. You should have done it this other way. Well, I'm not sure there's a right or wrong answer to this. Yeah, we just don't know what the answers are. And it is going to be incredibly difficult for the commissioner, for all 30 owners that are going to be networked into this whole thing, the players union as well. And Uh, just about anybody else that conceivably has a part to play in this, they're going to have to figure out exactly what their playbook is going to be. And right now it just sounds like they're going to evaluate all the possible scenarios and contingencies they can for when the season could start and also how long the season is going to be regarding the schedule. Again, we don't really know what that's going to look like until there's some kind of announcement of when it's safe to go back to work, so to speak, for the players and obviously for all the people that work in sports that would come back and uh, get back into things. But We just don't know what that'll look like. I would imagine, and this has just been my working theory, it'd be kind of hard to reschedule all 30 teams beyond what you've already scheduled. So I would assume, and this again is an assumption, and I know what can come with that, you just pick up the schedule where it is, correct? I would think, yeah. I mean, like the opening day, if they, again, I throw out April 15th without, that's just a random date. So I hope people don't think that that's what I'm saying, that I have some kind of information. But I would guess you would just say, okay, if we're going to start on X date, whatever the the date is, everybody would just look at the schedule that they had and those games prior to that are wiped out, which will create some probably imbalance as far as divisional games and everything else. But that's just going to have to be the way it is. I mean, this is an unusual circumstance. So I would think if they start April 15th or April 20th or whatever it is, whatever you had on the calendar that day, that's the city that you head to. Yeah, I would think That'd that, that would be the case. Yeah, I, and I don't really know any other way that you could do it. I mean, the travel arrangements and things that are put into place when a schedule is made and then sent out, I mean, that becomes your working 
calendar for basically the, the next year of your life for these teams, for these players, for all the people that make this stuff work. Obviously, as you schedule out in arenas, I mean, you mentioned earlier, the NBA is going to have to figure out how far out can they go in their arenas to make their playoffs happen. There's all kinds of other things that are clearly affected by this. And when we talk about large gatherings, whether that's you know, concerts or shows of, of any nature that are of the entertainment variety, it's going to be pretty tough to adequately find the time the longer this goes to reschedule some of that stuff. And uh, those, again, are the decisions and the kind of logistics that I'm very, very glad that I don't have to be in charge of at this time. I know that some other folks were wondering about uh, refund policies for tickets for games that may not happen now, particularly if you're looking at opening day or home openers for clubs. I would say go to those individual clubs. I'm sure that they're going to announce what their policies and decisions are going to be with that. I know there's a refund policy that the Braves announced, which you can find more on their social media accounts about the refund policy for spring training because those are, in fact, canceled games. So you can find more information on that. Again, the Braves have put that out on social media. But as far as the tickets for games that may or may not happen, that's going to be a fluid situation, I would imagine, as well. And uh, refunds and exchanges and things of that nature will be something that each and every one of the 30 clubs will have to kind of figure out or Major League Baseball will have to figure out in conjunction with all 30 clubs to kind of work out some of the logistics of that. And again, that's just for baseball fans that are wondering, hey, I've got tickets to this game that may not happen or isn't going to happen. Now, what do I do? I think that that's going to be the avenue that you're going to have to explore is seeing exactly what clubs announce and how long that's going to take to get that whole thing rectified. But I'm sure they're going to take care of it all in due time. Everybody's just like scrambling a little bit to try to figure out where exactly you start to make the progress that you need to to manage the situation in the times that we're in right now. That's probably the best advice that we can give to people is to check uh, your your local team's website, their social media, whatever it is. And, and I'm sure everybody's put in place a plan, especially now that they know the season's not going to start on time, of how to get people either exchange tickets from early April for another game later in the year that we hope will be played or assume will be played, um, or how to get refunds. I would imagine for the most part, teams are going to be pretty good about this stuff, about oh, getting sure. your refund, because it's it's for them, it's not much different than a rainout. You know, quite honestly, it's as crazy as that sounds, they're used to dealing with a game being postponed or canceled and then played later on in the year. And, and I don't know that Major League Baseball is going to try to make up these games, but the teams are equipped to figure out. Now, it stinks for somebody who went out and, and got tickets to the home opener, and now that's not going to be the home opener anymore. But I'm sure teams will be able to work with the fans that have tickets to get them something else later in the year or get them a refund. I don't think that's going to be uh, an issue. But, you know, we were talking about the TV stuff, and it, it gets you to thinking about, okay, if there's no games, you know, what are those networks going to run in place of those games? And I know here yeah. in D.C., a lot of times they'll run – old classic Nationals games or whatever it is. But think about like ESPN or any of those big major ones, Fox on Saturday. What are they going to fill the time with now that they have absolutely no live sports? Right. As you mentioned, I guess NASCAR some, and and I guess UFC is still continuing with their, I think they had a, a fight maybe this weekend, but I don't know that they're going to go further beyond that. But what are they going to show on ESPN now? What are we going to get to watch? I, I, I'm fascinated to think about, Grant, what it is that they're going to fill their time with because you can't just run SportsCenter over and over again because 
There are no highlights. It would just right. be people talking about everything getting canceled. So what are they going to run? What are they going to do? No, I have no idea. And you can't just keep doing the same show over and over and over and over again. I mean, the news cycle will dictate clearly what they're going to be able to discuss on a given day. But not being able to fill large patches of, of their programming with any kind of live sport and also not being able to react off of what happens in the live sports and the news cycle that comes from the that day's games or that week's games or whatever it may be. That's going to be, I think, incredibly difficult to figure out for a network, especially one like ESPN or NFS1 and any of these other specialized all sports networks. I mean, you can run some old games and some classic stuff if you want to, but I don't know that that's really going to fill the need either or fill the air in the way that you're going to need it to with the amount of hours that you're going to be trying to fill. And again, as we go back to these leagues and these networks that have got these agreements, it's going to financially have an impact on all the parties that are involved as well. So I'm fascinated to see how that whole thing plays out. I do not envy the position of trying to create that much content. Clearly, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of decisions are made as far as that goes. And uh, we've covered a lot of ground here, not necessarily in a straight line. We've just tried to hit as much as we can and cover as many of these topics as possible in discussing what is an unprecedented time in all of sports because it's not just professional. It's also at the amateur ranks. It hits very close to home, and I think it's not just the United States we're talking about. This has a worldwide effect, I know, uh, for people and beyond the sport. This is going to be a a time where just kind of hoping that things work out for the best as soon as possible, and that's just, I think, where we all are right now, trying to do the things that we can uh, as we learn more about this and as we go along. And that kind of brings me to something we did hit on a little bit earlier, but I just kind of wanted to come back to it because I know a lot of folks are probably wondering what the plan is right now, at least from the Atlanta Braves side of things. They, like many teams, I think all teams right now, are going to continue to work out at spring training, but then they're going to have to figure out as time goes on how long that can happen. And Bill, as you mentioned earlier, when might it be safest to travel or safer to travel? And these players clearly have families. They have their own lives away from the ballpark as well. So those are going to be considerations where there's a family component there where, you know, some kids might want their dad to come home at some point and wives and parents, brothers, sisters, whoever it is from the family side of things, they may want that person getting back in their life and not just sitting there spinning their wheels, taking batting practice every day for the next month or so. But uh, whether it's the Braves or any other team, they're going to have to figure that out kind of as it, as it comes along as well. But uh, we know with the way that baseball is and the way spring training is designed, It's really going to be about getting the pitchers ready again to get into what will be a regular season, we hope, at some point. It's just a big question mark is about all I can think of as far as what the right answer here is. I don't really know that there is one. I'm sure that we can discover all the wrong answers because we usually do at some point. But I'm really hoping that this is something that is done for the best of all the families involved and the people involved, not just from a player side of things, but the people involved who make up this game as well. It's going to be interesting to see how exactly that's handled from club to club and from sport to sport as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing we can tell people is to do whatever you need to do to keep you and your family safe. And at some point, we'll be back to playing games and talking about that. But in the meantime, just try to stay safe out there. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to echo that and just tell you to make sure you get your information from credible sources. There'll be a lot of stuff out there, but just make sure that you're keyed in to the places that should have the authority to give you the knowledge that you need to keep yourself safe, your family safe, and, of course, all those around you safe as well. Uh, Bill, obviously, I'm looking forward to talking baseball with you each and every week. Not kind of unsure about what we'll do going forward here, but as the uh, news dictates, I'm sure we can figure out a time to uh, 
uh, put our heads together and come up with something that might be of, of note and of interest for people that I think are looking for a little bit of something to pass the time during their day, even if it's just listening to a podcast about baseball that doesn't really have any live baseball to talk about at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Again, anytime and, and hopefully as fast as things move, hopefully by next week at this time, we'll be able to chat about maybe when they're going to restart stuff. But uh, either way, we'll be here ready to do it. All right. Well, I appreciate your time as always. Stay safe out there and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. So that'll do it for this episode of From the Diamond. As always, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please leave those ratings and those reviews. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. We appreciate that as well. And of course, on social media, you can find the show on Twitter at From the Diamond underscore. You can find me at Grant McCauley, G-R-A-N-T-M-C-A-U-L-E-Y. And you can find Bill at Bill Rowland as well, B-I-L-L-R-O-H-L-A-N-D on Instagram at From the Diamonds, where you can find the show. And I am on Instagram as well at Grant McCauley is where you can find me and everything else, including every episode of the show, all the articles, the Braves preview series. It's ongoing that you can find at FromTheDiamond.com. It's a bit of a surreal time in the sports world and, of course, the world in general. So just make sure that you're taking care of yourselves and taking care of the people around you. Keep yourself safe as we work through this situation, and hopefully we'll have an answer, perhaps a cure, to this thing sooner than later. My thanks again to Bill Rowland for joining the show, and my thanks again to you for tuning in to From the Diamond. For Bill Rowland, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time. So long, everyone. you want.